1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Still my dream. Hello, welcome to episode 217 of the 77 Club. Uh, Harry, start with the socials. Uh, <laughs> the Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. 111 five stars on Spotify now, lads. We are falling, so thank you for everyone who's done that. And please subscribe on YouTube. If you could hear some uh, commotion in the background, Jack has built drink. Is- Built my drink everywhere, my legs so <laughs> literally just as we came on then. Um, sure, don't piss. I know everybody. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, smell it. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Well, um, obviously we are um, doing a podcast straight after uh, the defeat to Liverpool. But I think we're going to start with Fulham. Uh, Friday night football, Harry. Um, <laughs> you've got Jack in the background. Sorry, I'm trying to concentrate. Oh, dear. Um, Fulham in fine form. Uh, also, Bayliss uh, was at the game. He's not here tonight because he's gone to see Darren Brown. So he's probably literally stuck to his seat at the moment as we speak. Um, 
a bit of a weird one, Harry. Because uh, Fulham, I think we've spoken about before, had the lowest expected goals for and most expected against, but somehow find themselves in a, in a race for Europe. Um, just your thoughts on that one to begin with. Yeah, um, I, I remember saying on the podcast last week, I was so optimistic going into that game. I really felt like we were going to go there and win, which I didn't have the right to because we'd lost to Bournemouth. And I know Bayliss um, disagreed because obviously Fulham, six in the league, looking good. But because Mitrovic was injured, I just had a good feeling. And that first half, I thought we got the team selection spot on. We spoke about Cunha struggling to score, so we played just off Raul and credit to Raul against Fulham I thought he was brilliant his hold up play he was a great focal point and some of the moves we we did that first half particularly the one to Sarabia when he probably should have scored and then the move for his actual goal was incredible I thought Samedo was brilliant and I'd love to have been sat next to Bayless behind that dugout to be honest to see what he was saying <laughs> so funny every time Every time the camera shot onto the walls bench where you can see it was Bayliss and his big red coat behind the uh, <laughs> behind the dugout, which was funny. But yeah, the first half, mate, brilliant performance from Wolves. One of the best 45 minutes of the season, really. And it's just a shame we couldn't get more goals. It's a shame we couldn't repeat that the second half. And it's bit, we've done that so many times this season where we should have got more goals than we did. And it bit us on the ass eventually. And Fulham, sign of a good team. They played crap, but still managed to get a draw on the day. Jack, it was one of those games, wasn't it? Uh, Lamina came back into the side following his suspension with his red card against uh, Southampton. Um, had a little bit of an influence on the game, but it's a bit of a weird formation, though, wasn't it? Uh, Nunes out on the left again as a four-four-two. Yeah, but as, as you said, it worked for the first half. Like we we were really really good first half, and I think everyone was a little bit surprised at how good we were. Were really like what Harry said when you look at the the team's positions. Arguably, we've been in a little bit of a false position because we've improved a lot under Lopetegui. Uh, the the thing that it was just a frustrating evening, and the thing that frustrated me about it was that we didn't score. We probably should have got two goals in the first half, and then we let in a goal, which was a good finish. Really, it was a bit of a worldie, but we, you know we probably should have put a stop to it a little bit sooner. But whatever, we conceded a goal, and then the reaction was just non-existent. If we had carried on like we'd been playing before they scored, we could have got on and, and probably won the game. But I don't know what happened. Whether we just our heads went down, or we just faded, or whatever it was. And we just we just didn't really look like coming back in or, or, or taking the game by the scruff of the neck once once that equaliser had gone in, really. And at the very end of the game, Jose Sarr pulls off pulls off a save, which arguably, you know, really, really good, wasn't it? Because it really would have hurt to to go away from that game with nothing. And we very nearly did. So at the end of it, we were quite happy with a point. But it's uh, I would have taken a point before the game. Um, but, you know, we, we, we should have really made the most of it when we were on top for that particularly that first half and we didn't and ultimately it's ended up costing us two points but pleased with the way we responded to the Bournemouth defeat because we looked great at the start really and you know Lopetegui did get it spot on and the formation did did work I think it's always difficult Harry I know that we could probably put um, the title of the podcast last week as the central podcast for the rest of the season, you know, Wolves three strikers still have zero Premier League goals. <laughs> obviously, they have to be on the pitch to score. The one concern was obviously Cunha going off injured, and it did make a difference. Um, it, it looks like it's not as serious as they first thought it might be. Um, but he goes off 60 minutes, Traore comes on in his place, and then obviously four minutes later, Fulham get the equaliser. Yeah, it was. That was the turning point. Cunha going off and as you mentioned it don't look too serious I think I know we're going to get out to Liverpool but I think we missed him tonight I thought yeah he was good at Fulham playing 
not as being the central striker playing just off Raul as I mentioned earlier and it, yeah as I say the starting lineup was brilliant and I think when we had to make those subs a bit like against Liverpool which I mentioned we we're going to go to it kind of went against us a bit and I'm just glad we didn't lose I think it's, uh, Jack mentioned the save from Saar brilliant save I think he's been really good since he made that mistake against Man City I think he's improved his performances and just done what he needs to do and pulled off some important saves thought Pedence and Costa were really poor when they come on very frustrating and just we didn't look like getting the winner did we really towards the end it'd, it'd have been harsh if we'd have lost really harsh and the goal was a will D did exactly the same goal in the FA Cup didn't he um, the other night so it was no fluke on his part and it's just a shame we couldn't get the win because if you if you was watching that game and you had no idea what the Premier League table looked like you would probably thought Wolves were the team in the higher position to be honest and a, a draw away at Fulham is is a great result and it's just uh, yeah just frustrating frustrating because I think we could have won that game and I thought we was going to before the game too it's always easy to look at promoted sides and say you know that's where we need to be picking up points Jack I think that's six points from a possible 15 against promoted sides uh, the win against Forest uh, two draws against Bournemouth um, uh, and a draw against uh, Fulham Um Sorry, no, we lost to Bournemouth, didn't we, all the way around. Um, is that a good enough return? Is that what you expect? Or do you think the way that the season has panned out, that it, it, it isn't too bad? I think I'm slightly surprised this year about how well the promoted sides are all doing because they've all had occasions where they've been relatively high up the table, really. I mean, I remember after uh, Bournemouth, we uh, got that point away from home at them when it was just the most boring game ever. They went on a little run after that and they ended there in the top half and the looks at the table. It was like, well, where, where's that come from? They were dreadful. So I think they are punching all a little bit above their stations and that's because more established teams are taking up the, the, the lower spots. I mean, like we did for a while, Southampton, West Ham, Everton, these teams are in and around there. So that shows really that... I, 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 it doesn't happen very often, does it, that all the three promoted teams who come up actually go down and and this season will, will be no different, I don't think. So, so no, but I think at the same time, we, we should be looking at those games to get points from being an established team. And if we'd have had Lopetegui for the whole season, we'd have had more points from, from those games probably. But under Bruno Large, we could get beaten by anybody. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, Harry, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think you did mention it there, saying that a point away at Fulham with the context of how this season has gone so far is, is not a bad point. Um, but did, did you expect more? Because I think that's what we were all quite confident when we were sort of up and down at the moment. We're going, oh, everything's really, really great. I think there was at one point three wins in four games. And, and now um, with the Liverpool result, no win in three. Mm. Yeah, I think what concerns me is the way we faded away second half. We, uh, against Bournemouth, we went 1-0 down. We faded away in that second half and did nothing. We faded away against Fulham and eventually drew. We're going to go into Liverpool. We faded away late in that second half. I think that's a bit of a concern. We've been brilliant in the first half. Oh, I thought we were brilliant first half against Liverpool too, defensively. They'd created a few chapters early on. But yeah, the Fulham game, it, 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 do you know what it was? It was exactly the same as when we played Villa away. Absolutely dominated the first half. Mm. Class got the one goal when we should have got two. And then we fell back and sat back, made some substitutions, which didn't work. And luckily, didn't lose at the end. Villa could have won at the end. Fulham could have won at the end. And we did hold on for the points. But yeah, I probably did expect more, mate. I, I think after that first half performance, I expected the win, but it wasn't to be. 
there's a bit there's a bit of a theme emerging there though because i think the one thing that i particularly and i think we all have praised lopetegui for at the start is his substitutions and how they've changed games and the last three games he's changed it but it hasn't worked it hasn't worked and that that's probably the difference really is that they've just been a little bit ineffective i mean the, the subs we brought on against fulham i don't think any of them touched the ball and that's not mm-hmm. an exaggeration it, it was it was that bad and a similar thing can be said tonight against the Liverpool game really um they were just really ineffective and sort of broke our strides really um so yeah i'm not not not, not like knocking him or anything because obviously it's, he's got us out of the bag a few times with the way he changed it but it just seems that he's probably done the same thing and it just hasn't had the same effect these last few games but we'll see take the rough with the smooth um let's talk about liverpool the comment section is filling up very quickly with tonight's match at anfield it seems that we play them all the time every week <laughs> harry uh fourth time this season um and we leave anfield again with nothing um, not even a replay to uh, help ease the pain. <laughs> so, um, obviously, was forced into uh, at least one change tonight with with Cunha not not taking part um, at all. Not even uh, a place on the bench for him. Um, obviously, done as a precautionary measure rather than anything else. Um, so, if we just go through the team: Sar, Samedo, Dawson, Kilman, Bueno. I thought I had a great game against Fulham, by the way. Mm. Um, Neves, Lamina, Sarabia, Matinho, Nunez, apparently. I didn't see playing there tonight. Uh, absolutely vacant. Uh, Jimenez up top by himself. Thoughts on that? For me, I think he got the formation right. I think he got the tactics right. A 4-4-1-1 base. It was it Matinho in behind Raul. Sarabia and Nunez on the right and left. They did way more defensive work than they did attacking, to be honest, to help out. Bueno and uh, Samedo. And I thought we looked fairly comfortable first half. I know Harvey Elliott should have scored that header. Six yards out, got a score. As I mentioned, first five minutes, Matinho's chance. We get a corner and then I think Sarabia nearly puts a header in, which goes just over his head. But that was pretty much it for us in terms of attacking. I know we didn't really have a shot second half, but I think tactically Lofotegui got it right. And he did exactly what I think he should have done, bring on Adama Traore to try and get those counter-attacks. But Lopetegui can't help the fact that Traore only turns up when he wants to. And tonight, he decided he didn't want to turn up. And he was rubbish. He come on. He ran down the wing. And then the ball just like hit him or he just miscontrolled and it rolled out for a, for a goal kick. And I just thought, we're not going to get anything here because he was the person we needed to come on and perform if we were going to have any threat that second half. But... Defensively, I thought we were okay at times, but when you've got an attack like Liverpool, you're just you not going to stay nil-nil, are you? They're going to score eventually with that much pressure. And Raul couldn't trap a bag of cement tonight, so he, <laughs> we weren't relieving any pressure. So the ball just kept coming back at us. And yeah, there was a few poor performances in there. I think the one standout for me was Lamina. He's a bloody rock in that midfield, and he was breaking up play really well. But yeah, not many good performances apart from him, really. I thought the the ref was a little bit card happy. I thought Samedo's in the first half was extremely mm. harsh, and then you sort of on eggshells for the rest of it. I think it was on thirty five minutes roughly. Um, but I, I said in, at the beginning of introducing this game, um, Nunez, it, it looks like a luxury player who doesn't have any impact, and it looks like the majority of people in the comments. Adam says Nunez to be dropped. Dan says Nunez was shocking tonight. Nigel says Nunez is absolutely pants. Uh, I, I would agree with all of those. Um, those assessments of of Nunes, would you, Jack? I mean, again, he's maybe thinking to himself he's going to be in the shop window because he's going to move to Liverpool in the summer. But I doubt, I doubt 
Klopp has seen really anything apart from maybe the win at Molyneux that would suggest that he would be a good buy. Um, we had that one good run, didn't he? That um, that he t- t- seemed to go past about four or five Liverpool players. But I see what people are saying. And the fact that if that's all he's doing, then then he shouldn't really be deserved of his place in the team. I I, um, I don't know. Maybe I, I wasn't going to come in as hard <laughs> on Nunes as the comments seem to be s- suggesting. But then I'm thinking maybe that it's me that's missed something really because um, overall, just the whole performance, apart from maybe the first ten minutes when you thought this is going to be an end to end game here. We're both going to go for it. Brilliant. It's going to be really exciting. Um, I, it, we just didn't create anything. I think like, I, I wasn't really looking forward to this game. We played Liverpool again. I yeah. thought away at Anfield is always difficult. There's going to be a reaction from them after we did them last time comfortably. They're going to be more up for it than we are. And I, I think it, it showed really. And it just it, it's really weird how change the location and um, just a few weeks change over the same teams playing and how different it is. And I, I know we got in 0-0 at half-time, but they had the better chances. We couldn't have really been arguing if we were 1-0 down at half-time, I don't think. Then we we get the wall inside. Yotta just cuts us apart like a knife through butter, doesn't he? And we get a lucky break with VAR, so the goal's disallowed. That should be our wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. We just we did the same thing and then eventually got punished and then got punished again. We yeah. got nothing, nothing more than we deserve overall, really. And I, th- I think defensively, I think you can say there's some good performances in there, really. I think the two centre-backs did well, but but just there was there was no out, outlet, really. Uh, Sarabia looked like, looked like he was lost first half, I thought. Um, who else? Whenever the subs came on, as I said, just nothing nothing changed. Um um, yeah, losing Bueno early didn't help, but then Eight Nori I thought came on and was probably our well. best attacking threat. So and defensively, I thought Eight Nori did well. Yeah, but Eight Nori seems to do well against Liverpool and looking after Salah. But then it's as soon as the actual the actual first goal from them went in, we just looked beat because we just didn't know I was scoring. Like, did we have a shot after a, in, in the second half? I thought we didn't. I don't, I don't think. think. I don't we think we did. And we we didn't even look like having a shot, did we? Really? Because it was we, we put in a couple of crosses. That was it. Um, sorry, I just want to go back onto the Nunes point because the comments, as yeah. Sam mentioned, are flooding in. What it's weird with Nunes because we accused Bruno Large of playing him out of position, which I think he was. I think he's better being deep in midfield. But now, all of a sudden, Lopetegui's playing him left wing or left midfield. So it's like I don't. It's hard to really criticise him too much when, for me, he's a deep line midfielder who picks up the ball and drives forward. He's been pretty poor, hasn't he? He's, he's had a, he's had glimpses. Of, I did that. Uh, we always speak to this is Anfield, don't we? Uh, before a Liverpool game, they always get in touch and they said, well, what's he been like, Nunes? And I think for me, he's been a bit of a flop. I think with the hype and the reputation that was around him, I was expecting a lot more. But you can see sometimes it's there, isn't it? That there's little glimpses where you're like, there he is. Like Jack mentioned, that run tonight, he picked up the ball on the edge of the box and I thought, don't lose it here. And then he wriggled past like four players and like nearly got us on the break. So he's got something there. But he's just not showing it all the time. I think the problem the problem with Nunes is the way that we signed him and, and the stage of the window that we signed him because, you know, we were looking at a, a pretty depleted squad and, and one that probably wouldn't even have been enough to field a full um a full bench at, at one point. So I think, you know, when when that transfer came in and all the sporting fans were kicking off about it and it, it come at a time where, you know, we really, really needed someone in the middle of the park and then all of a sudden there was this big, what looked like a marquee signing. And I, th- I think the hype around that might have just added to what we're being like with him now because I think if we'd have signed him, if he'd have been the, the, the first signing of the summer 
and those transfers have been the transfers that we made in the January transfer window have been made last summer as well. I don't think we'd be talking about them in the same way. So I, I think it does seem to be that the way that they're signed and the way that Wolves conducted their business with Scott Sellers at the helm has has been detriment to to how we're looking at the players now. Um, but the thing I don't understand with him is that if he's playing on the he's playing on the left hand side, that's fine. But when you've got Neto on the bench, he's obviously there for a reason. Why not? Why not try him? It, uh, it's, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Well, Pedence, mate, Pedence <laughs> come on against Fulham. He's give the ball away about four times. He come on tonight and he's trying. We're one nil down, and then eventually two nil. Obviously, very quick. But he's doing these little flicks again. He. He's tried a one-two as um, I think it was Samedo or Aitnori, I forget now. And it's just a simple pass to him. He tries to flick it and just completely like overcooks the pass because he's trying to be clever. He was brilliant before he got injured. Since he's come back, he's been really frustrating. And he needs to get his act together because he he, 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 may, he makes me want to tear my hair out sometimes. When he's coming on, he, he wanted to change it. He's just useless at times. I'm, I'm actually starting to think that he's not better than Jota. <laughs> well, on tonight's view, isn't he? Not, is he? Uh, that's the one thing I would say about Liverpool, and obviously the last time we played them is that you know Van Dijk is back in there and Jota is back in there for them, and you know they, those two players will make a difference to any side. I think, um, mm-hmm. regardless, you know Van Dijk's popped up with a, a clean sheet and a header. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it should make a difference, but it shouldn't make so much difference that you go from winning three 0 to not having a shot. Like, but that's the difference, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I, it's it, that's a bit of a stretch, I think, and it was just a disappointing performance all, all round really um yeah it's just yeah just frustrating and just very very predictable because i just i just saw it coming really i thought it and it was going to be written like that what do you think of matinho playing that far forward would be my uh, do you know what jack i know i mentioned lamina from our best players but i thought first half matinho was probably our yeah, threat right. like he, might, he had our only shot on target he had our only shot on target first four minutes but for me it didn't work at bournemouth against bournemouth either did it him being like the advanced midfielder even behind I think it was Cunha that day, wasn't it? Uh, I, I think for, for for him personally, his, his personal performance, I think he did as good as he could have done, but why put him there? Why not start yeah. Jao Gomez? You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. time to have him come off the bench, isn't it? I think we've discussed it quite a lot with his age. Bring him off the bench, but no fault for him. He tried his best. Like I said, had our only shot on target, but I, I, it's hard not to... Obviously, we're going to be quite negative off the back of it, quite a raw reaction to the game, but... It, it was a bit of a free hit tonight. I know we've been a 3-0 the other week and I, I think it is huge that they've got Van Dijk and like Jota and that back because they had Matip and was it Gomez at centre half mm-hmm. and Molyneux. They were shocking. Yeah, yeah, midfield was non-existent and we caught them cold that day and they have turned a corner. I know they got battered against Real Madrid but they have turned a bit of a corner, won away at Newcastle. They're chasing the top four and I'll be honest, if you're a Liverpool fan, they were flat too up until they got the goals. I think we did a good job on them, keeping Anfield quiet. The famous atmosphere was not there, which it never is really. Um, but just, to, yeah, we just dwindled away. We just couldn't get that uh, attacking threat going forward. And again, just like the Fulham game, frustrating second half because we I thought we had a chance to get a result before they uh, won their look. It got, it got to the stage where I was clock watching though because I was just thinking I'll take a point here, I'll have a point here. And then it gets to about 70, you're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I need mean, 20, 20 plus injury time here. And then... Obviously, just fell apart. And I think mentally the players just thought, yeah, we ain't getting back in this, are we? So there was just no belief there. There was no response. And we have seen a sort of response, haven't we? Like, for when we've gone down under Lopetegui, the, the times that we have, we have seen it. We saw it at Southampton, saw it at Everton away. 
but I think this was just one one step too far, really. But um, you know, the, the good thing though is that we've got a chance to rectify it really quickly on Saturday, and there probably will be a response. But you just got to just chalk this one off as just pretty pretty poor all round, really. I think to be honest, there's no other other words for it. A couple of players you can draw out and say, yeah, you did okay, but overall, when you go what eighty minutes of football without even creating a chance. You know, that's just not good enough, is it? So there's, there's not dressing up anyway. I think the one success story since he joined, uh, I was just about to say that, uh, Kevin's put it, uh, Dawson. Craig Dawson has been, um, I was going to say spectacular, it's probably over-egging it a little bit, but I think <laughs> it's just because we're not used to seeing the positional play of a of an experienced Premier League defender, which is what it mm. you know, essentially is, have played the majority of his career at that level. And, and you can tell. Um, and I think he... he possibly brings out the best in Max Kilman. I think we're probably a little bit overly critical of Kilman sometimes. I know that when there's uh, when the spotlight's on a player that you probably are, are dissecting what they do a little bit more and probably a little bit more harsh on them. Um, but I don't see a way of Collins getting back into the side. Harry, do you? I, I like to say Liverpool away at Anfield is, is a difficult game, a little bit of a free hit. Probably for most teams, certainly in the bottom half of the table. Um we will obviously move on to, to Tottenham soon, but do, do you think that partnership is working and one that is going to sort of stand the test of time to the end of the season and will it be enough? Yeah, I'm really liking the partnership. Um, as we've mentioned in the previous podcast, Kilman has got a mistake in him, but I thought he was pretty good tonight. Dawson's been absolutely outstanding and I know Cody, I think he got dropped for Everton tonight, didn't he? Yeah. And I know we made the joke that Dawson is what, the older generation, like sorry, Dad, but people like my dad think Cody was like a solid old school defender, which he weren't. He was a he was a bad defender, Cody, in my opinion. And Dawson is a really good solid defender, experienced, and he can defend. He, he does what he says on the tin. I loved it when he went straight through Jota. Remember that tackle? Oh, that was great. Love things like that, like solid hard tackle. Whereas if that was Cody, Jota would have skinned him there to score. So sorry, I don't know why I'm being so harsh on Cody. He's not even here anymore, and he's giving him well. Dawson's been brilliant, and Collins, I thought he was very harsh when he got dropped because his form was pretty good before Dawson came in. Yes, he made the odd mistake. You think in the FA Cup at Anfield when he booted out to Alexander Arnold for when they got the equaliser, but I think the only way Collins gets back in is if Kilman, because he did make a mistake away at Southampton, and he's he made a bit of a mistake in the 3-0 win against Liverpool, actually. I think he needs to capitalise on Kilman's form, dipping, and then him getting in and keeping his pace. But the way Kilman played tonight, if he keeps that up, I think Collins is going to be sat on the sidelines watching for a lot longer, to be honest. Now, I don't know if this is the hypercritical thing coming in, but do you think he needs to do better for Liverpool second? Because he's not marking Van Dijk at all. In the build up, he's not anywhere near him. He's, he's Yeah, and I think... He's got a free header. And Salah was quite free for his goal as well, wasn't he? I don't know if you blame him. I don't know who you blame for that one, really. He was open and he just tapped it in. I can see what you mean, by, but is that really... It's, it's very harsh, isn't it? We had loads it is, of... I think it is harsh. I think it is. Yeah. There's a few people saying, including Seb in the group, that Sar should have done better and just put the ball out for oh, their first goal. I um, agree. Do what you think of that. I, I didn't immediately think look at that and think it, but a few people have said it. Yeah. Mm, he should have... He, in hindsight, looking at it, he should have just tapped, like, parried it out for a corner. But does he know Jota stood there? Probably not, but parrying it back into like a dangerous area in the box never the best but as I say I think Sar's been pretty good so I don't want to be too harsh on him I think from his reaction he knew he could have done better so mm. and I think you know he, he knows he's, he's done it wrong there but like I say it, it, the spotlight is always going to be on these players when there are no goals at either end it's going to be 
the odd goal that you if you make a stake at least the goal and that's just the way it is uh, we've got hand, handbags in the comments sorry Jack go on one, one thing that's quite funny though do you think like after the debacle last time for the FA Cup game that the Liverpool tech crew have like checked that camera down the bottom of the bit, pitch covers the whole pitch 100 times <laughs> only for us not to need it at all because we've not got our half created anything for the whole game so there's no need was there? do we have a touch in their box second half I don't think so, I don't so think, no I don't think we did no that's shocking uh, shocking um, let's move on to Spurs Spurs next uh, a nice easy one um, to hopefully banish the blues of uh, recent games um, especially one tonight Harry um, I imagine there's going to be some changes there could well be a space on the bench uh, for Cunha but we will wait and see What? where does Lopetegui go from here because I, I think we have to have some sort of reaction. There probably has to be changes to show that, you know, putting in a performance like that has consequence. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny doing a podcast these days under Lopetegui, so I can never predict what he's going to do. Whereas years gone by, yeah. we can always predict. Um, be interesting to see if he goes for the four four two again. I, I, Spurs have been good, haven't they? I think they've won, is it four at the last six or something, or four at the last five? I know Leicester beat them fairly convincingly at their place, which gives us hope, doesn't it? If a team like Leicester can beat them 4-1. You'd think we're capable at it if, if, if we're on our game, but I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't think I'd start Martinho. Maybe give Joe Gomez a run out, give him a start. What do you do up front? Raul tonight didn't do much, but did he have much supply? Um, would you start him? Probably because of Cunha's injury. It's a tough one. I don't know what he's going to do. I think you'll see a similar back four as, as we always, always expect, but... I would like to see us go with a 4-3-3. I may be a controversial one. I know everyone's slagging him off in the comments, rightly so. Maybe drop Nunes. Maybe, maybe give Nunes a bit of a break and try someone else out on that left. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Harry Kane always scores against us. I don't know what Son's fitness is like. I know he come on against Chelsea, and I watched that game, actually, and I know that lad Skip scored a bit of a bit of a wildy, but I think that should have been saved. But yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one against Spurs, and... I think if we're on it and they're slightly off it, we could get the win. It it's, it feels like a bit of a free hit again for me. I, I think Leeds is a bigger game in terms of our relegation, survival hopes, but huge game really in the grand scheme of things. But and I've, I've just been looking at the bets. I don't know if you want me to do uh, the betting odds in a minute, but it's a very fairly even uh, one for the bookies as well. So it's a hard one to call really. Um, Jack, it could be another change, of course, um, depending on how serious Hugo Bueno's injury is um, he did go off the pitch through his own energy and using his own legs. So that's a start. He, you know, he wasn't stretching off. Yeah, I mean, if he's pulled a muscle, it'll probably more precautionary and he'll be out for, for a few weeks while it probably heals. But I mean, we've got a ready-made replacement there. So it's if you're going to lose a player, do it in a in one way. You've got a competitive position. Uh, so um, I, un, unlike the game tonight where I was just not up for it and had a bad feeling I've actually got a good feeling about Saturday because I think we'll get a response and if we go for it and try and attack them if if Kuna is well enough to start which is probably unlikely I'd like for us to go two up top because I think the most effective we've looked is when we had Jimenez and Kuna playing together up there to be honest in recent weeks but it's a bit of a stretch but I do still think we, we'll have a home atmosphere we'll want to get a response we'll want to go for it as you said they're not untouchable and it'll be a good atmosphere because it usually is when we're playing a sort of a, a big team at home with a bit of an underdog vibe going about us. Um, so, yeah, I think if we go for it, then we've got a chance of getting a result. And obviously we didn't mention who the ready-made replacement was, but I guess you were talking about Eight Nori rather than yes. Yelling. <laughs> uh, eight, eight Nori, yeah, the one who came on tonight. <laughs> 
Uh, Harry, score prediction. With my realistic head, I don't want to go 2 1 Spurs, unfortunately, because I'm feeling a bit down the dumps after tonight's results. So maybe I'll be a bit more upbeat in a few days, but at the moment, I feel like we're going to lose, yeah. Uh, Jack? 1 1. I take it that's possibly yes, optimistic um, these days because mm-hmm. um, that means we've scored a goal. So uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Wolves, obviously. Uh, let's have a look at latest betting odds. I believe Harry does have some heart of the press. Yeah. Um... So, as I mentioned, it's quite tight. Jackie can tell me it's the, 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 the 20s odds. You only do it like that. So, us to win is 23 to 10. Yeah, the Spurs. One, just over two to one. So, Spurs are 23 to 20. So, they are favourites. I think I read that yeah, a bit wrong. They're favourites. So, it's basically yeah. like two to one and even money, kind of. Yeah, you'll be able to run yeah. yeah. 12 to five for the draw. Um, bit of a special boost. Rich Charleston to score first and Tottenham to win two, nearly 66 to one. And I think he's due a goal, any. So, mm. I won't mind it. <laughs> Won't mind back in that one. Uh, correct scores. What did we? Sam. No, Jack. Sorry, you said one one, didn't you? That's eleven yeah. to two. A two one Spurs win is fifteen to two. What I said. So very short. I think um, that short. that's likely. A two one Wolves is ten to one. If you're feeling spicy and you want to back my four one, which I probably won't even do myself, so don't do it. It's eighty to one for Wolves to beat Tottenham four one. And yeah, that's uh, about it for the odds. Spurs wrongly, as I said earlier. It's not tight. Spurs are heavy favourites of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I ain't surprised about. Oh dear. Uh, Jack, has your ticket news? Um, there's not a lot to say, really. Away games. Newcastle sold out. We haven't got the ticket information for Forest away yet, which is the next away game after that. Uh, home game. There's still a few shit seats knocking about for Saturday. Uh, singles and that sort of thing. Probably season ticket holders return tickets knocking about. If you did want to get down to Molyneux. And the game after that is the Leeds um, home game on the 18th of March, which uh, is on sale to members. There's a couple left for that as well. But that's it, really. Not only games in March, is it actually? Uh, only, only three games. No, it's four, three. including today. Yeah, so first of March today, but then three for the rest. So, so, I'm, I'm, so I'm gutted. Um, I know we mentioned it right at the beginning. I'm gutted Bayless and here tonight to talk about his Fulham yeah. experience. <laughs> it was funny where he was sat, wasn't it? For those who follow us on social media, they saw we posted the pics of him having selfies of all the Wolves bench before the game. <laughs> the one that he was on. <laughs> go on, sorry. Go on, mate. Sorry. No, go on. Sorry. The one thing I was going to say is that how, how happy everybody was, apart from Collins, in those pictures. Yeah. That was look gutted, yeah. <laughs> he was like, you weren't interested, was he? Like Adama and that were turning around smiling. Best seat in the house, though, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. So he weren't lying. We were winding up saying he's in a box, and technically he weren't, was he? I reckon he was in the box and then snuck out afterwards. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I reckon. Um, ne- the next three games in March, then, um, obviously Spurs at home, obviously we talked about Newcastle away and then Leeds United at home. What were you expecting from those three? Well, I think you've got to try and be positive and say four points and where they come from. I don't know. It could could be any of them, but you'd think beat Leeds, get a point against one of the other two really look yeah. at how the form's going but we'll probably beat Spurs and then get a point against Leeds or something like, that, that's the thing like going into the Liverpool game I didn't really expect much of M- Molyneux to that ball we were 3-0 and going into the Spurs game I think I think Molyneux might be a good atmosphere Saturday because we're underdogs which it usually is so I think we might nick something there although I've just predicted a loss Leeds you've got to think we're going to win that massive game and Newcastle I think because they had that bit of a bit of a disappointing cup final didn't they I don't know if their season might you know, dwindle away a bit and that might give us a bit of hope to go and get a result there. So 
yeah, it's, it's, it's we're gonna we need to get something out of it because we're gonna start looking over our shoulder and get worried again, aren't we? If we, we don't start picking up points, and it's a pretty for, for a pretty slow March, a pretty congested April, six games in that. So I mean, it's gonna they're gonna be coming uh, thick and fast. Obviously, catching up with a little bit of a of the World Cup in there too. Um, we're gonna finish off with a couple of transfer rooms that I think have come through today. Actually, Harry, that you highlighted, just tell us what those were. Yeah, so he's popped up today, weirdly, because we're playing Liverpool. I don't know if the journalist who uh, brought it up and created the rumour just did it because we're playing Liverpool, but apparently Spurs and Liverpool are eyeing up Kilman. They're, they're interested in signing him, which there's always rumours with him because he's obviously a fairly young defender. He is good at being left-footed solid, so that'd be interesting. Don't know how true that is. English, mm. yeah, well. Um, and, and I think the big one... The big, big one is Adama Traore. Looks like he's probably going to go on a free to Atletico Madrid, which after the way he played tonight, I ain't that arse, to be honest. So, see you in a bit. Yeah, he's going to rip it up in Spain again like last time. <laughs> <laughs> Kilman, I think the Kilman one, pinch of salt, that one. I think. No, definitely. Do, do you see him going to Spain, Jack? I think that's probably the only real likely destination, isn't it? I can't see anybody else taking Traore. it. Traore. And I, I think lots of teams will take a gamble on him, but, but the, the, the probably... The price that a Premier League team in wages is willing to pay him compared to what he thinks he should be paid, yeah. there's already that big dis- disparity, isn't there? And that's probably why we've not been able to get a deal over the line. So I think if he if he goes on a free, yeah, he probably will be. I mean, if it's a free transfer to a really big club, it, it's no risk, isn't it? But you, you do say his performances overall in the last couple of years, really, and the way they went when he went to Barcelona, it 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 is it is a bit of a gamble. And if he's saying I want stupid money like over 80 grand a week then it's not a lot to justify it but they'll be takers they will be takers because it is unique but i mean you, you said it tonight we've said it for the last couple of games really you know he's just hit or miss any it depends depends whether he's on form or not but for those times he is it's he's a bit of a luxury as well for those times that he is on form he's mm. he could be a match winner or get you back in a game but it's just the consistency and you, you know there's We've had this conversation about Terraria all the times, and it there's just a inconsistency and whether his attitude is as good as it should be. And I was hoping that him and Lopetegui would come in forge a relationship and he'd stay, to be honest. And I think there's still a, an outside chance of that. But I think bottom line is he'll just want the most money because his, this is probably his, his what his next long term contract that he's going to be his biggest payout in it before his career. So, do, do you think it's, I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a shit show, hasn't it, Harry, the way that his transfers out of the club have been dealt with so far and to to let it run down in the way that they have is it's probably not great but that's all with hindsight isn't it I think it's probably the way that everything has fallen together you know signing a long-term deal when he arrived at the club and then the obviously the following couple of seasons that were sort of cloud nine especially compared to what it's like now <laughs> and and then it just peters away I suppose would you be sad to see him go yeah, well, what really surprises me when you think he's five years he's been with us. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, yeah. He showed that one bit of consistency, that one season under Nuno, which we mention all the time, is when he kept setting up Raul. Apart from that... It's it's worth it for the excitement, though. Was it 18 million we paid for him? It was, yeah. was it 18? Around that, or was it a bit more? 18. It's been worth it, hasn't it? And it's been on the same way it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's worth it for five years, I think. When you break it up per year, just for the excitement and those few moments and those bits where you just, you know, Man City away, that was worth that was worth half. <laughs> so, 
And he's yeah. run against he's run against Villaroy, but obviously he missed. But when he ran ran the length of the pitch and took on the whole team, yeah, and do things like that. But he's yeah. been on low wages, hasn't he? Well, I say low. Obviously, well, he's probably on around. This is me guessing. I don't know. He's probably on around thirty or forty grand a week. Whereas he probably looks at it, sees the likes of Martinho, Neves, Raúl, probably pushing towards the hundred grand a week, eighty to hundred. And I think he's been always holding out for that sort of wage, hasn't he? And I just don't I mean, think Jeff and that want to give it him. I'd be very interested because there's been this contract drafted and knocking around for a, probably again a couple of years, isn't there? Really, yeah. I'd love to know that. That's it's going to say like it's going to be sixty grand plus in it they're offering him, but he obviously thinks he's probably worth more. So mm. it's a strange one because I, I I actually sort of thought after he flopped at Barcelona, he'd come back and just get his pen out straight away and think there's no risk here, just take it. You can always be bought bought out further down the line if someone comes in with big money. And this, you know, if someone's offering you a long term contract and you're a footballer, they're offering him another four years on. 60 plus grand a week take it <laughs> take it and it's you know it's very low risk isn't it really but especially if you back yourself you back yourself to then be in the shop window and then sort of big club wants to come and actually spend money on you mm. but it doesn't make any sense to me is just to run it down bit of an interesting fact it's not a quiz but sub dan's put it's approaching a year now. So it's the 16th of March, 2022, since a Wolves striker has scored in the Premier League. So 15 day, in 15 days' time, if Raul, Cunha or Diego Costa haven't scored in the Premier League, it's been a year, which is frightening, isn't it? That is, that is ridiculous. That is just screaming relegation, doesn't it? But um, I I, th- I think someone will score on Saturday. I think. I think Diego like... Costa, 90th minute, over a kick is coming. I won't go, go that far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right on that happy note we will leave that for another week I uh, will say goodbye to Harry Mansell goodbye everyone and Jack Williams bye everybody and it's a goodbye from me goodbye Sports Social Podcast Network with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.